Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Another episode of High and Mighty. I'm your host, John Gabris, and today I'm talking to my favorite Filipino, Eugene Cordero, about physical fitness as he tries to get me motivated to get back into the shape I once was. It's a fat one. So, Eugene, this is the High and Mighty Productions offices, a.k.a. the spare bedroom in mm-hmm. my apartment. Uh, eventually, we'll be moving to the HeadGum official studio, but I'm going to try to do as many out of my own apartment as possible. Wait, this is the guest room? This is the my office. Oh, I was going to say. That's why I'm in cut-off sweatpants and a tank top. <laughs> well, I was going to say there's no bed in here for it to be a guest room. <laughs> well, there's a Victorian fainting couch mm, you can sit on. A fainting couch? I believe that's what it's called for when you have your vapors and you need to <laughs> I'm talking to Eugene Cordero, comedian, comedian, friend, comedian, mm-hmm. friend friend. and coach. And coach, Strength yes. Strength and fitness aficionado? Uh, I guess you're... you're you're not an app. You're not. You don't dabble. You're technically a professional, right? Forgive me if I'm. I'm technically a um, a level one certified trainer of CrossFit. CrossFit, but that's it. Uh, but that's then, but that's it. That's all. And and then also, I mean, you're a Muay Thai instructor. I'm a Muay Thai instructor, but like you don't get. You could get this guy in Las Vegas and this guy who's been known for a long time named um, Master Toddy. <laughs> exactly. Um, is like I, I you're. You're saying Master Thai, I'm picturing two different things. Like an old like uh, Thai guy who's uh-huh. like, I'm a martial arts master. Uh-huh. Also a dude with a leather mask <laughs> with the mouth that zips open and says, I'm Master Thai. You're not thinking of a guy holding like a hot drink? <laughs> yeah, I'm of a slave owner who, who is excitingly sipping whiskey and lemon juice? Yeah, that would be a Master Thai. Massa Thai. That would be a Massa Thai, yeah. But this guy is an old Thai guy who has taught a bunch of Americans Muay Thai. And then, you know, he has like kind of like a ranking system in order for you to become an instructor under him. But then anybody from Thailand who's come over is like, 
like if you're Thai sure. and don't even know how to teach Muay Thai, you could probably get like a, at least a small business going. Yes, yeah, yeah. You just need the right shorts <laughs> yeah, yeah. with and your you, name on and it, and you just can't be that fat. Most yeah, Thai people yeah. aren't. Well, but if like a lot of if you watch like Thai kickboxing videos at like their gyms, if. If when you do, <laughs> you mean tonight at a midnight? <laughs> As Tiffany's out does. of town. My wife's out of town, so I'm going to be fucking watching serious Thai videos. Yeah. Tonight. Well, you have to you have to have breathing room in between your other videos you watch. Yeah. I just... go from Thai new room massage videos to Thai kickboxing videos, <laughs> highs and lows. But you stay you stay on genre. I stay. Yeah, you stay I, in the same. I stay in the same subculture. It's the least they, I can yeah. do. Um, uh, but if you. Uh, if you watch those videos, a lot of the guys who are holding pads are bigger dudes. Yeah. There's always one that they call, like, something weird. Like, like some kind of, like... Uh, Thai word for large. Yeah, or, Thai uh, word for, like, hamburger or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a new fucking bucket list item. Put it on there, listeners. Add this to my bucket list that I want to be... Have a Thai nickname for hamburger. Yeah, I want yeah. a Thai dude to nickname me something for hamburger. Like, like hamburger or burrito. Yeah, or something. something that's, that's like... A fatty food. <laughs> <laughs> pizza, pizza slice. Uh, so, Eugene is a CrossFit level one uh, trainer and uh-huh. a Muay Thai instructor. Also, probably one of the fitter comedians I know. And that's the thing that makes me want to have you on the podcast to talk to you about it is that your fitness and shit is as hu- as much of a passion as it is. Comedy it comes first. Oh, yeah. maybe I don't know anymore. I, I might have lost you to the dark side. No, no, no. You didn't lose me to the dark side. That, that's, uh, yeah, because then you want to do more comedy stuff, so then you really have to focus on doing the fitness stuff. But I haven't all, I mean, I was like in the shittiest of shape, like I would say even, I would say four years ago as well. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. You, you were never really an athlete, right? No. I mean, I uh, yeah, I like played soccer in high school. Yeah, uh, in high school, and then by the time I went to college for theater, you forget <laughs> it. Right, right, and and uh, I know you do musical improv. But yep. Did you do musical theater too? I did musical theater because and- I, I want to set up because part of the idea of this podcast is the interesting, the weird dichotomy of me being sort of a meathead and sort of a nerd. Yeah, I feel like you play into this a little bit as a musical theater kid and yes. uh, focus on uh, comedy, but you now in the last few years, wh- when when did you get started on CrossFit? Were we still in New York at the time? Or you no, were- no, no, it was when we moved out here to L.A. Um, and it was after I got hurt doing Muay Thai. I had been doing Muay Thai in New York since, um, I'd say for the last, I'd say 10 years ago is when I started doing Muay Thai. So you've been doing kickboxing for a long time, even before yeah. you were getting ripped up. Yeah, you I just was just... Did it even at, when you were a doughy... Com- when I was well, you were never fat, but you're... But you're, I was stocky. I was a stocky, you know... No one... People call you ripped now. No one called you ripped during your creep years. No. Creep is an improv team, not just like a creep. period of Eugene's <laughs> life when he was taking photos of people yeah. shitting. Yeah, I would take <laughs> shitting photos and then sit behind a curtain During and, your creep years is such a weird giggle. thing to say. Yeah. During my creep years, creep was a herald team at UCB in New York for four years. This is if any of my comedian friends actually tune into this fucking podcast. Yeah. They'll enjoy this part. They'll know this part. And but you weren't you weren't jacked by any means. No, you, no. Uh, but you were doing kickboxing. But I was into Muay Thai and I was like talking about it a lot and I was huge into MMA already. So like I loved the idea of being fit. Is there anything culturally like because Muay Thai being Southeast Asian? Oh is there yeah, a part of that. Uh, and for the for listeners who don't know who Eugene is, maybe there'll be a picture of him. But he is maybe there'll be a picture is, of me. Uh, but uh, he's what we call a me. non-white. Yeah, I'm a uh, in I'm a High Mighty Production Studios. He had to pass a, a barrage of tests <laughs> to get in here. <laughs> there's a there's a breathalyzer and then a uh, 
uh, whiteness. Uh, <laughs> the breathalyzer, yeah. you have to be 0.08 to get in here. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know your judgments are loosened. Yeah. Eugene, I don't even know wh- what order I'm airing these episodes in yet, but you're the first non-white guest, and mm-hmm. I haven't even recorded some yet. I just know I'm only having whites on. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but, and, and the and the, uh, the the white barometer is based on your dog's racism, right? right? Yeah, yeah. If, if you, if if you wear dog... a hat or a hood uh-huh. or are black, he will bark at you. <laughs> He's trained I, well. I did walk in with a hat, and there was a little bit of a grumbling until I took my hat off. Yeah, and he's like, oh, Asian. Oh, yeah. We'll be fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. They might have a festival where they eat us, but I won't know about yeah. it. I'm from Boston. That's well, Technically, my dog is just racist because he's a Boston Terrier, and yeah. those are the worst people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get, you're doing uh, Muay Thai for... Oh, yeah, and the reason, six, I, yeah, sorry, the reason yeah. I get started in the Muay Thai is because I, f- I was looking to take Filipino stick fighting. Kali or Arnis, uh, and a screma is when a you screma. use a knife too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, uh, so here, here we're about to open up a little for people who don't. I am a huge fan of martial arts. I took Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. My dad was a Taekwondo guy. We had Black Belt magazine in the house. Nice. So I, I read. Did a you lot. get a black? Does your dad? Did your dad have a black belt? My dad was a second degree in uh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo yeah. Kwan. And I was even a black belt, but I was like a 13-year-old black belt, like sort of right. like that gimme, you just did it for five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did the work. So I, like, I was a 13-year-old, a 13-year-old black belt that would get his ass kicked in any fucking fighting oh, situation. Right. But you know Page won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. Uh, oos. Oos. <laughs> oos. I, hip. So I, I, I'm a big fan of martial arts, too. I actually uh-huh. took, uh, I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in, the, in New York for a little while. You too, did? At the height of my MMA uh fandom was that the height of the ucb other guys i did it with pernell gethard and eli and Uh durkis uh Uh, and Uh when i say i did it with all them i think durkis and gethard were the only ones who stuck around i think pernell just signed up to spend money yeah and eli (laughs) broke his ribs again eli and i fought like one time in class and the teacher was like what are you guys doing? <laughs> you guys are not even doing any moves. We would just hold each other by our geese and slam each other into the wall like it was a bar fight. Uh, <laughs> the instructors were like, awesome. you guys need to, we were the two, like two of the biggest guys in the class yeah, and we sure. didn't know how to do anything. We were literally just re- like uh, WCWing up against the wall. They don't do it by weight class for class though, Not they? for class though, but uh-huh. for, for pair, when they pair you off, they put you, and that's why actually I eventually quit Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because I didn't like it because I was either paired with um, a skinny guy who would kick my ass, uh-huh. or anyone who was uh, in my weight, cl- or I could just physically dominate depending on right. their skill level. But anyone who was in my weight class when I was back then, I was like two forty or two fifty, and I was fat. And anyone who's doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu who's two fifty is an ex- like the, yeah, dude, yeah yeah I, I rolled against this Football giant players. black dude yeah like I, yeah. I rolled against this dude who's built like a linebacker and I tapped out one time when he was just mounting me I just couldn't <laughs> handle it. I just he's like wait did you just tap out I was like I'm sorry I can't breathe and he's like I can't breathe and I was like he was because like, you're on your back because no because he had my wrist pin down and my, his chest in my face and I just couldn't I just tapped out I've tried to do. Brazilian jiu-jitsu recently and uh I with my back against the ground and a human on top of me I get so panicky I can't, it's I'm, I'm claustrophobic it's, and yeah that, that's like the peak of that I don't like sitting on a plane next to someone whose shoulder touches me no less yes. being pinned underneath a guy where my oxygen is being limited dude there was a lady on the on my flight from New York back here um a couple here of is days. Los Angeles here in Los Angeles <laughs> uh here in uh, the guest bedroom of racism um <laughs> When we just uh, see the master bedroom, <laughs> massive bedroom <laughs> with the attached bath. Um, there, the lady sitting next to me fell asleep, and she just let go of her arms, and it came over the like 
arm, arm thing, and I tried to move it over, and it was just so uncomfortable how close she was. I had a dude full-on man spread next to me on my flight back from New York, where he was pressed his thigh into my thigh. And even if I keep my thighs close... Cl- like pressed together, yeah. It's still probably forty-five inches around, <laughs> and so even with my thighs pressed Thick together, I'm thighs. just at the armrest, and he's like over fucking leaning it. Gross, drove me, drove me fucking crazy. This lady fell asleep and did that thing where her head started leaning against my shoulder. Oh no! And then she did that thing twice where she realized she fell asleep and then did that huge jerk awake. Oh where god! Where her arms went across, <laughs> like she was a mess. <laughs> she <laughs> knew that she took up space and was trying to go against it, which actually meant that she was over. Overdoing it, and at that moment, you wish you had taken Filipino stick fighting, yeah. so you could have beaten the shit yeah. out of her with a rattan staff, to with the a rattan staff or a dagger and a sword. <laughs> a dagger. <laughs> uh, so, I think that was the last thing we said before on one of our encouraged encouraged tangents. Yes, um, you wanted to take a scrima. oh yeah, a scrima or, or a kali where it was like um, because you you are Filipino, and, Filipino, and that was the attachment there. You wanted to do martial arts, and you figured culturally this yeah, is ours. Yeah, I remember growing up. There would be these Philippine, um, like, Independence Day, Rizal Day, which was like uh, Jose Rizal, um, uh, this thing in Michigan where they would have these events and festivals. And there would always be this thing called tinickling, which is Filipino, uh, like, dancing between bamboo sticks was one Wait, thing. tinickling? Yeah, it's called tinickling. God, dude, I don't even want to talk about fitness anymore. <laughs> it is amazing. I, we'll have another special Filipino cultural yeah. episode because I'm just very curious. Um, and then there would also be a uh, like a stick fighting like, like, uh, demonstration. Oh, and every cool. time I would see it, I'd be like, man, I got to get into that. But, you know, I, I felt like in high school, I was like, but I have a West Side Story rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. So I never got fully into it. And then when I got to New York, I was like, oh, they must have awesome ones here. Right. Everything. Because you like little known thing for you guys who live outside New York. You can literally find anything you want. In everything and anything you want <laughs> yeah. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. If you're into like a small subculture, there is a place that meets once a week in New York and d- discusses yeah. or does it. Once yeah. a week at least. And then it becomes a storefront. Right. And then it becomes right. like the hippest <laughs> new thing in the village. Right. You would see shit like I remember. Uh, our mutual friend Dom Durkis uh, was taking Russian Sambo, like, oh. which is like a Russian grappling yes. thing, and he's like, yeah, there's a place in Park Slope that teaches <laughs> Sambo. I'm like, what a specific culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, couldn't find a screma? Or? I did. They, 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 um, they did it there. They did, uh, they did Kali there, and it was this British guy who... Um, who uh, taught it. Another appropriation of your fucking culture. Man. Yeah. What a scum, those Brits. <laughs> but he was great at it. And he had like a, a Filipino guy who they taught it together. But they only had those classes once or twice a week at this place. And as that was happening, they were having Muay Thai classes every single day. Which and, is, because ob- it's a way more popular yeah, thing. Yeah. For- <laughs> and it was also like, at the time where everybody was like at least into kickboxing, right? Like so, MMA was on the come up big yes. time, right? We're talking mid two thousands, mid two thousands, yeah, yeah. So MMA is blowing up. So MMA was blowing up, um, and the idea of like uh, and like Taibo was a big thing too, like right uh, previously. So like yeah. previously, Billy so, Blanks, eight eight time world champion, <laughs> yeah, Billy Blanks, like that whole kind of like kick and punch your way to, to health and right. fitness. There was like these fitnessy. Classes, but there was also just like straight up Muay Thai class. Stick fight your way to health hasn't really taken no, off yet. No, stick <laughs> stick fight your way out of a jam was like, well, how often is that going to happen? Maybe I should learn how to fight with my hands since I can't always have a rattan stick <laughs> yeah, and a sheath exactly. on my back. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
you know, and they did like that kind of hand combat stuff too. But yeah, watching everybody kick pads and and hit pads and getting you and doing taekwondo uh, like growing up, I was like, ah, maybe that's a little bit more. Maybe I'll take a couple of those. So I got into a couple of those and fell in love with it. Yeah, I, mean, I can only imagine. Like I can only imagine. Insane. Yeah. Uh, and then the idea of sparring and fighting was amazing. Was that you were into that? Yes. Because it's something that isn't part of your life or because you can't kind of came up with uh, uh, scrapping and stuff? Um, I think because it was something that uh, was intriguing. I was intrigued with the idea of, I guess there was just a part of me that was like, wouldn't it be funny or fun if I am an actor comedian, but I also have an amateur record? Right. Did you ever uh, enter? In- uh, and so I trained to fight. Um, and then got um, really hurt in uh, in the sparring. Really hurt? Where, uh, where... You hurt your back? No, no, no. Like, I got hurt. Like, I got... Um, like, if you look closely at my lip, I have stitches on my lip. And, um, and uh, folks, I'm looking closely. Yeah, I've been looking, looking closely this whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't taken my eyes off Eugene's mouth since he walked in here. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm hiding it behind this microphone. But there's, uh, there's small... Uh, like, I think it was like seven stitches in my lip. Um, from a sparring uh, time, and then uh, I've gotten knocked out a couple of times, and this was sparring. Like, there's just strong ass dudes there, and I was trying to cut weight, and that was the first time where it was me trying to get into like a fighting, into fighting shape. And you as and an you adult. felt physical limitations because of your. I, I'm just I'm yeah. seeing if we can find the connection to CrossFit here. You were like. Oh, you know, I uh, I'm not I'm getting better at kickboxing, but I'm still a doughy yes, uh, comedian yeah. and improviser. And then yeah. and and then I was getting hurt, and the times I was getting hurt it was when I was trying to drop weight, right? Because that's uh, like when you're at your least healthy. You're yeah. tired. You're and dehydrated. It was crazy. Yeah. And they I'm talking like I know anything get... about dropping weight. Uh, I only dropped weight once for junior high wrestling, but it was rough. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a and it's a different mentality, and it was something that I wasn't used to, and I was still auditioning for commercials and whatever yeah. in the meantime. And I I want to jump in here and just tag along. I know what you I know what this means. I know exactly what you're discussing here because I, as you know, played rugby way too late into my career. Like I was playing in New York City, right. And I was doing commercial auditions, showing up on a Monday with a black eye. Yes, to read at Beth Melsky for some. And you Fucking. were in a lot. I, I was um, not allowed to go into Beth Melsky for six months because I went in there with a double bloody nose. Right. I remember you told me yeah. about that. I remember. I think I saw you like right after that happened at yeah, the theater. My I face remember. was still red. Yeah, yeah. From the sparring that morning. Oh. And, and I feel like, and and I was in kind of the same way. I was like, it's nice to be a comedian. I love it, but for. Two hours every Saturday, I'm just trucking people and getting my ass kicked, yeah. and no one's discussing who got hired at SNL. No one's discussing uh, web series. No one's talking about agents or managers. And you're just fucking for two hours. Comedy is you're, it helps that I'm all of yeah. a sudden the funniest guy on the rugby team because I'm an actual <laughs> comedian. Like you're the funniest CrossFit instructor I've met. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right now, and then, yeah, and then now. that's going to be one of the uh, CrossFit games. To be fair, games Zach Galifianakis has his uh, level one cert <laughs> yeah. this weekend, so and he's in the games. He's in the Granite Games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll he's see in the what Masters. Happens. He's got a, a Masters team coming out. Um, so then you move to LA and find CrossFit. Yeah, I did Muay Thai first you, out here, doing Muay Thai yeah. out here. And I love the Muay Thai gym out here, but it was just so. Um, it, uh, again, I I got into the mentality of like I'm gonna just get hurt. 
I, I just knew it. I felt it. I was just like, I started sparring out here. And now, moving out here, I'm in my 30s already. Those guys are training to fight. And, and, and a, you moved out here to take your acting and yes. comedy career more seriously. Yes. Yeah. And that's an, and I only know this inner monologue because I've had it where it's like, yeah. what did you, I'm like, I got to join the Santa Monica rugby team. And my, you know, I'm thinking to myself, do I though? <laughs> Shouldn't I do anything else with my time out here? <laughs> it was crazy. But literally, I was like, oh, wait, I know a couple of Muay Thai gyms out here that are like the best Muay Thai gyms ever. <laughs> and that's what I need. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I need in my life. So I got into it. I got into it for like the first two years. Uh, we were, uh, me and my wife were here, and um, and loved it. And then I started sparring again, and now I'm sparring with guys that are fighting regularly. Yeah, that and are, are also that, like what 19 yeah. or like 22. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, these guys, if they wanted to. Just would keep destroying me, and I would have bruises on my legs and stuff like that. Right, and it's not one of those things where you can like get your ass kicked and turn around and be like, "Yeah, well, you know, I'm focusing on other stuff in my life. This is just sort of a hobby." <laughs> exactly. These guys are like, "This is all I do." And right. You're like, oh, I don't want to fight you. <laughs> and then you leave, and you're like, "Oh, okay." Well, like, I- wouldn't it be fun to do Muay Thai sparring if you sparred other people who had full time other careers and then also did Muay Thai? Yes. <laughs> like, there's way fewer people willing that's to. That's why spar. I feel like CrossFit is like fits a little bit more of like that category where there's. There's athletes, but then there's also people that are like, oh, this is what I do for fitness in the morning. Right. And and CrossFit, as much as I have my own issues with it, they, they brand themselves as a – they're the sport of fitness. Yes. Yeah. So you can be competitive. So it scratches that – it scratches that team practice that – It scratches that um, compete with yourself mentality. Yeah. Of because like, that was the whole thing of – even when I was doing Muay Thai, so cocky in the way that I fought. Yeah. I mean, still now <laughs> – even when I'm sparring or like just lightly sparring with the people that I'm teaching, I'm so I I don't realize how cocky I'm doing get. that like Bruce Lee like kind of look away. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I hey, relax, <laughs> because I, because I know that they're not being me. I'm just not doing what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. my whole thing. And, right, and the only reason I'm losing, I'm like I, yeah, I would do the same thing on the rugby pitch. I'd be like, I would I would be fucking starting 80 minutes if I could just focus on this, but I got all this other, you know, yeah, I'm like, exactly. so it's not because everyone's better than me. It's yeah. because I'm not at my full potential. Right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's not because you're 22 that you're over my ass. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's the fact that it's because I'd rather drink at rustic on yeah, Friday. <laughs> I've got things to do. I had a show at 11. That was terrifying for a moment. <laughs> Uh, the High Mighty Production Offices apparently have a <laughs> landscaper right outside the window <laughs> macheteing down yeah. some trees and shit. All right, during this landscaping break, I'd love to take a quick minute to tell you about naturebox.com. I tell you, what if you can go to a grocery store and there's an aisle filled with snacks? Oh, Gebers, but there already is a snack aisle. Yeah, but this snack aisle is personalized just for you. Oh, Gebers, I don't feel like driving to the grocery store. Well, good, because this snack aisle that's personalized just for you can come into a box every month and be delivered to your front door of your house. I've got two days a month listed on my calendar. One is the day my student loans are due. Sucks. The other one is the day that Nature Box delivery comes in. Sick, dude. I... Love Nature Box, man. From my personal favorites like sriracha roasted cashews to sweet blueberry almonds, Nature Box has over 100 ridiculously delicious snacks to choose from that get delivered directly to your door. They're full of flavor, but without any of the junk. It's got ingredients that are fun, flavorful, and you can trust them. Okay, so here's the deal. I can get you hooked up with with a box of snacks on Nature Box 
if you just go to naturebox.com backslash Gabrus and act fast. That's right. If you head to naturebox.com backslash Gabrus, you could unbox a world of taste and possibility. Oh, man, that's the tattoo I'm getting on my lower back. One last time, that's naturebox.com backslash Gabrus for your first box of beyond tasty, hand-picked snacks sent direct to your doorstep. Boo student loans, yay naturebox.com. All right, looks like the landscaper's leaving. Let's get back to Mr. Yuge Cordero. We had to take a short break as landscapers <laughs> shredded trees just yeah. outside the high and mighty production office windows. They got them, though. We got him. Uh, in the meantime, Eugene banged out about 100 burpees just yeah. to keep his uh, he heart says, rate up. I had to keep my heart rate up. It's the middle of the afternoon, and I have to keep my heart rate up. He has to keep up. his heart rate at 180 beats per minute. Yeah. I'm yeah. very concerned for him. Yeah. As long as I feel like I'm close to a heart attack, I know that my body's working hard. My heart's racing, too, and I haven't done anything. <laughs> and I'm just you having just, a hard time we just, getting to the extremities on this big-ass <laughs> fucking frigate over here. We just thought of the idea of a, a man <laughs> falling on top of you and holding you down. Um, so all these young guys, you're doing Muay Thai against them, and yeah. and and what 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 prompts you to get involved in the cross? I think it was just one of those things where I knew I wasn't going to keep going forward without getting hurt doing right. that, and I still needed to be. Um, um, I wanted to be physically active because a we're in L.A. and that's what people do, and that's what people do, and b I just like that competition mentality, and I think I needed it. Also, like Muay Thai. And exercise to a certain extent, especially Muay Thai when I was doing it, felt like it was the therapy for me that I needed by not going to therapy. It was like that hour. Uh, <laughs> right. Or get, so. get sweating and Kicking hitting bed, things yeah, will do yeah. that to you for Just an hour. doing yeah. something like that where I'm not thinking about, again, not thinking about comedy, not thinking about the audition I had. Um, and how poorly it went. Yeah. <laughs> how poorly it went or how I don't fit the description. <laughs> yeah. And or uh, how you're so tired of being labeled as Latino just for the sake of getting in the room. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they go, "Oh, this isn't Spanish, so just translate." And I go, "I can't." <laughs> and then I walk out with my head down. Um and then I call my, you know, people and go like, "I didn't realize I was supposed to know Spanish for this." Yeah, like I look Spanish. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even think I could speak Filipino. <laughs> I can I, I, I barely. I can, I can maybe do an accent, but you gotta give me time. I can maybe do an accent, but to be fair, it's an impression of a family. Member. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be completely fair, it's very racist. <laughs> it's pretty broad. So you find CrossFit as a way to get in shape for Muay Thai, or as a, uh, a substitute for Muay Thai to be like, maybe I shouldn't be box maybe instead i should just be yeah hurting i was just, my wrist doing power cleans right rather than getting i was like well, what else is there that has this kind of competition thing and also you know um it seems to be working for a lot of people and i think i like um i remember you doing it and i remember seeing you that video of you with a tire and a sledgehammer and I remember um, on the CrossFit football front page. For yep. anyone, anyone, anyone who's uh, even knows what those words mean, string uh, together. And then I remember uh, Hubel talking about it, and Chad Carter, and like just a bunch of people going like, "Oh, you should try this." Uh, it's a it's, it's a, a good cool ex jock thing because yes. it's, it it runs like a, a a good class runs like a football practice or a sports practice. It does like a warm up. You're in groups. You're rooting for people, and then at the end, it's like. A hitting drill or a metcon, right. whatever you want to call yeah. it, and then it's like just you go, and everybody's just like, "See you later." Yeah, just see, see you later. Or like, I hope I'm better than that guy in this class. Right. Or like, I hope this dude doesn't tackle me on this drill. I hope I beat them in this sprint. Yeah, it it, it, it gets all that. It gets that going. 
And that that's the only thing that makes me exercise anymore is like yeah, the, but uh, I mean competition. When I first got there, though, I got that I had the nerves of I was never an athlete in elementary school. I actually the first C that I ever got, I was like an all A and B student. <laughs> first C I got was in gym because I refused to run the mile. Oh, that's understandable. I, just because I was like, there's no point. There's nothing about <laughs> me that I should be running the mile. And now I'm like. Love like the miles feels short. The miles, nothing. To yeah, you. yeah. Because you you run now too. You do five k's and ten. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's also just like one of those things, CrossFit mentality of like, oh, let me try this. Yeah, tomorrow. let me let me try this uh, fitness uh, like event just to see how I do. Yeah. Oh, another thing I could uh, keep metrics on and try to lower <laughs> exactly. my ten k time. Um, because CrossFit scratches that X jock itch and it <laughs> X jock itch. CrossFit scratches that jock itch. Wow. I mean, literally, when your balls are inflamed, CrossFit will take care of it. Yeah, but also if you're a stats nerd, CrossFit's really good. Because right. when I worked out at CrossFit South Brooklyn, shout out to Five Nine Seven DeGraw. I worked out there for. Uh, I love that place. I went there for a week one when of the I was in New York, and it was my, one of my favorite places. We're gonna get to me in a minute because you're gonna help me wa- walk through like some fitness motivation shit. Yeah, but. Part of the thing that's been lacking, making me not really work out as much out here is that I've never liked a gym as much as I liked uh, that gym. Yeah. I mean, that was a great one. Yeah. And they, I, they, I was the there programming there was the bomb. Yeah. I really loved the programming. Uh, but we'll get we'll get into that more a little bit more. Let's finish up and find out how you got to be a coach. So oh, you're yeah. doing CrossFit. You're... So then I got into it. When I first got there, I hated it because it reminded me of the presidential uh you know, and some uh, kids were studs, and they some and kids they loved, were studs. I, I could do twelve pull-ups. I and climbed I the rope do, all the way to the top. I yeah. couldn't do a single pull-up going into it. And isn't that crazy? With, like, because that's a thing I found too. You're like, you think you're a strong kid, you do Muay Thai, and you're like, wow, I should be able to do a pull-up. Then you start thinking like, just real life. Like, yeah, what if I was like hanging had to from pull- something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't pull myself up from hanging from something. <laughs> and you watch like every single one of those action movies and it's like guys are able to hang by one arm and then swing a human up right right and it's like what i yeah now but now you could butterfly your butterfly (laughs) kip your way up a skyscraper if trish is holding onto my back i can butterfly (laughs) her above me (laughs) so that she can jump up there and then i and then i can butterfly myself i can toast a bar my way up (laughs) and then go uh, I, I can muscle up, uh, pull fucking Bruce Willis up, and, yeah. and finish them all off, and still the- have like a twenty pound, uh, you know, sandbag on my ankles. <laughs> Let me unstrap this bad boy. I'm ready to rock. Um, and, uh, but as you're doing it, you, first of all, for those of you who've never done CrossFit, uh, and you take an element uh, elements or foundations course, yeah. and then you and you do two months of just three three days a week, you. If you've never done CrossFit, or even if you're a gym rat, you will see results. You will see undeniably. Insane. You will Un- feel results. Absolutely. You will see results. Unden- you don't even have to follow. You don't have to eat paleo or anything. You don't have to follow anything other than just work out that way. Just work for- out CrossFit three. If you've never done something like it before, holy shit! You, you do it for two months. You do it for the first month for your elements or your on ramp or whatever yeah, yeah. it's called at one of the gyms that you go. For those to. of you listening, CrossFit because it involves a lot of movements, uh, gymnastic movements, and uh, implements that you might not have used before in Olympic weightlifting and stuff, they have most gyms, the good ones, the good ones have, have foundations like, or on-ramp or elements, elementals, well, I forget what it's called. Elements, Elemental. I think. So. Yeah. Um, and where you learn for you know four weeks, you just learn yeah. a bunch of the movements and some of the basic workouts and terminology and stuff. And yeah. people say that that's like a way for them to make more money and uh, it's just a safety thing. It's a safety it, thing yeah. and so that nobody gets hurt. And also, so when a workout starts... 
when you're in an actual class, you're not going like, what? I mean, you still need to figure out certain things, but you have an idea yeah. at least. And of you kind of know happening. around how much you can power clean, yes. around how much yeah. you can deadlift and shit. And they have, uh, they have you know, the records of you. So and, they, they and, they, and they've seen you uh, work out. Uh, f- they focused on you for four weeks. So yeah. They have a good, yeah. And, I mean, there's a chance that everybody's going to start at the same weight. Unless, yeah. And they'll remember if you're completely different. Right, right. So. And so then... You do that, and you do two months of it. You'll just see results. You'll just, undeniable. Yeah, yeah. You're especially in like pull-ups, just like shoulders, just like yeah. You get that. Cro- you get that CrossFit crazy. like scoliosis walk that everyone yeah. does. Yeah, where you like are super like hyper, like your scapula are pressed together <laughs> behind you, and your arms kind of swing out in the side, and you're yeah. and you're always like shaking out your hands from doing too many pull-ups, and you got calluses. Everywhere. Your hamstrings are tight and yeah. you look like a fucking million dollars. You don't mind. You, all of a sudden, the idea of putting chalk on your hands like you're a gymnast is amazing. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, I got to chalk. And then, then you go through the over chalking phase <laughs> yes. for like six months and then you're like, wait, I don't need this much chalk. You come back. Yeah. Uh, a lot of ebbs and flows in the CrossFit yes. world. But what made you jump from like, this is something I enjoy doing three days a week to get ripped to. I want to teach people this. Um, I think what I loved about it was the idea of. Knowing, I I think I liked knowing the um, what's needed to do it correctly more, and right. I, I think I I took it not necessarily going I want to teach other people, but how like I'm sure my you want to know is as great. much as possible. I want to know as much as possible, and I want the I the mentality that I could do it if I wanted to. Right, and are you currently coaching? I, I am. Yeah, you teach a class, or yeah, I teach. Well, at my CrossFit gym, I, I do CrossFit three two three. I do um, like a Muay Thai class, oh, okay, cool. class there too. But I also have done like, um, like some of their elements classes and stuff like that. Cool uh, to get my, you know. But then I also do this, you know, for all of the comedians and stuff i started doing this workout thing yeah you teach like a private group class yeah to ucb people to ucb people, people. Yeah. yeah so that they That's... use the elements of crossfit and stuff so it's like it's like uh cross training meets and muay thai in one right like pads yeah. and yeah uh, pad work and then some like and stuff some like metcon yeah. stuff to get them working now we both were longtime improv students and performers and then became improv teachers. Yes. We have that matching thing. What was it like to go from doing CrossFit to uh, teaching it? I I loved when I first started teaching improv, but then towards the end of, uh, like, after a few years, I was like, I just want to perform it again. Yeah. Are you going through um, that? There was some, there's a little bit of that. I mean, I think uh, the same thing at the beginning happened where uh, I got my certification. I was like, okay. And then I was excited about my first class yeah and then when they started asking me questions i went huh maybe i don't know this <laughs> yeah wait i lied what <laughs> what do you mean yeah. what do you mean no i don't i don't know where your hand should be and i feel then... like if you really want to get good at something taking time to actually teach it really makes you look at it from a different angle yeah i feel like in the first year that i was an improv teacher i saw like i just started snapping into my own philosophies of like what i thought was fun and all that stuff but then after a while i thought i was getting i was doing too much improv conversation not enough just playing yeah i mean there was a kind of a mix the same way that it was improv wise where like you start playing into your philosophy and then you would see a couple of your students in the audience and then you had to like really focus on yeah yeah the same kind of happened when um i started teaching more when those people were 
I was taking the class at the same time with Yeah, them. you had to start taking your, your shit a little more seriously. Yeah, then I was like, oh, and I really had to go for it. Yeah, you're you like, know? I'm going to just do all 15 of these reps. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm broken. I'm not going to let anyone see Oh, we're it. doing Fran? Okay, and this is your first time and I did your elements? Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to prove to you that I'm not, I, yeah. I deserve to have taught you. Here comes bloody hands. Twenty-one, <laughs> 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 uh, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, and that's what, I mean, which pushed me in a certain to a certain extent. In a good way. And it also keeps me accountable, which is why I, I still like teaching. Right, right. And and also, you're not going to full-on stop going to a gym if you're employed in some way. Yes, you know? like, yeah, that's like, exactly. It's, I mean, you're a pretty motivated dude to begin with, uh, but I'm assuming, like, you know, getting a little bit of pay and having, like, the respect of your peers there, you can't really just bail out for five weeks no, and, yeah. and just get fat and then come back and be like, can I start teaching again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um... It was funny. There was a point where um, I was shooting um, the other space show that I was. It was a good seven weeks where I, I was just n- unable to go, and it was the first time in my life where, by not going to the gym, I lost weight. You know how like the, uh, those, those stories of a dream that, that happens. I know, it was a dream for what, me. What a dream! That feels great. Where you're like, I'm shrinking because I'm, like, I'm not oh, lifting. No. Yeah. And then I realized it was all muscle that goes away. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was the saddest I ever was. And then I ended up putting on like more fat than ever because then I was Con- trying to. I eat because I'm sad, and I'm sad because I eat. Yeah, right? it's a constant and cycle. It's a constant cycle. Uh, let's take this. I'm sad because I eat, and I eat because I'm sad. To mm-hmm. turn it around to me, because this is my podcast. I invited you as a guest, but yeah. honestly, I only started doing this thing so I could talk about myself and talk about your eating and sadness. Yeah, yeah. And I got you in my house, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to make you talk about me. I'm ready to talk. So here, about Eugene, I brought you on for. So I'm I'm going through a little bit of a, a crisis right now, uh, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I'll just run you through some of my background for the listeners too. I was fat all through junior high and high school. Um, you know, my, almost my whole life played, uh, kind of fat, pretty fat, but I played football in high school and I was, uh, on the swim team. You're athletically throughout. fat. Yeah. Sort of growing up. Yeah. So like I've always been called surprisingly agile. Like, uh-huh. uh, I've never been in shape. That's a, that's. That term is only used in professional wrestling. Right. So, yeah, right. Dusty Rhodes <laughs> at the top rope. Surprisingly <laughs> agile. Agile for a big man. You hear that a lot. You yeah, hear yeah. that a Agile lot. for a big man is a huge <laughs> wrestling term. And I am agile for a big man or flexible for a big man or fast for a big man. I've been uh-huh. called all those things. Uh, and I was, a, I was a swimmer. And then senior year, I decided I want to be a lifeguard at Jones Beach. And the test is super hard. So I spend the whole year actually concerning myself with what I'm eating and drinking. This is my senior year of high school mm-hmm. i go through like a quarter life or fifth life crisis yeah i uh i still lift weights four days a week after school i was always a bit of a meathead i was always into muscle and fitness magazine into all that shit you know the classic buys tries chest chest back split yeah, all that yeah 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 uh bigger faster stronger whatever it is and uh I got in really good shape running and swimming, and then I started lifeguarding. And then that summer, uh, I got really into swimming, kayaking, surfing, like all the shit lifeguards do. Were you in the best shape of your life, you'd say, then? I was in the best shape of my life when I went away to college. I was, uh, first of all, I was 18, mm-hmm. but I'd never been skinny before either. Now I'm skinny, tan. I can run four miles uninterrupted. Amazing. One time I even ran eight miles, four miles, then took a break for. Uh, five minutes and ran four miles back jesus and i never done i've never done that since <laughs> i've never done that <laughs> up until that point and then i went away to college and i played rugby in college and i was for the first time ever uh physically fit 
and also starting a sport that no one else has also played before. Right. A couple of handful of guys, the upperclassmen played for a couple of years, maybe one or two private school kids that played in high school, but everyone else is just learning the sport. And I'm also in college. In college, and I'm physically fit for the first time. What school is this again? This is Marist College uh-huh. in Poughkeepsie. So I start playing rugby, and I'm good at it. I'm pretty damn good because everyone is on the same uh, – no one has been playing for 15 years like when you start playing high school football. Everyone's right. been playing Pop Warner. And I'm also in shape and I'm 18. I'm fully grown. I'm through puberty. Or not fully grown. I end up growing one more inch in my freshman year of high But uh, you're college. coming from a football swimming background. Yeah, and I, 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 I can tackle. A, you're I can coming do... from a big guy who is now smaller so you have like that kind of explosiveness. Yeah, of exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'd been in the gym for uh, all of my senior year of high school and then all summer long doing cardio and lifting weights uh-huh. so i was in the best shape of my life and i play rugby and i'm great i start i start right out my freshman year my first game after two practices i joined like Crazy. a couple of games into the season and i play and they're like i play for four straight years i get progressively fatter as it's college uh yeah, you know yeah, but I, yeah. I never drop my meathead mentality i'm i still take my whey protein twice a day and i'm you know i'm doing the classic splits i'm adding squats and deadlifts i'm doing like grown-up shit graduate college get fat again over the course of five years go through like another crisis and this is what you you know you've known me since i was 22 yeah um but like around 26, you know, when, uh, is when I started playing rugby again in New York City, and we were buddies. We were actually friends. By yeah. Then. And I started doing CrossFit because I'm like, I want to play rugby. I'm going through like a midlife crisis. I'm like, I don't have health insurance. I suck at acting. Sort of like the same thing. Yeah. I just want to do something. So I'm like, I'm going to play rugby again. And I find a team, and they're like, uh, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm in shape to play. So I take a year before I decide to join the Brooklyn uh, rugby team, and I lift weight i joined crossfit i'm like this is shit i've heard about and i love it and it was south brooklyn that gym was already open yeah it was at the brooklyn lyceum at the time remember that yeah yeah yeah, it was there on the second floor at the time and i was just into it i joined i was like oh i love this it's like i'm an ex-jock and i was still i was a fat guy in the class and then i rapidly got into great shape and i was you know power cleaning i remember when you were doing that and i felt like even when you were talking about it then, I was like, ah, oh, that's too football-y for me or something. Yeah. Or you were talking about rugby at the same time, so I thought it was part of the same Right. Also, thing. when I talk about anything, it comes across as like, like you know, I can't articulate CrossFit without it coming across as meat-heady coming yeah. from me. It's like, bro, I got my front squat out to 225, <laughs> two wheels on each side, though. You know, uh, so then I do CrossFit. I, I join rugby again, and I'm in, and I'm in great shape again. And yeah. I'm feeling great. And I'm, I'm 27 or 28, so I'm not in... The best shape I ever was, but, but it's I, ten years after the yeah, first. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I do a five k. I do. I start entering in like you know. I do the CrossFit Open. I do all that fun. Yeah, terrible at it because I just body weight has always fucked me over. Then I moved to. Uh, I, I get into powerlifting. That was another thing because yep. I really liked pushing heavy weights. It was fun, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, let me just focus on that. And I was getting burnt out on Metcons. Like yes. I just didn't enjoy them anymore. But I enjoyed trying to get my press up or get trying to get my squat up. So I focused on that for a while. Blah blah. blah. And <laughs> I just realized this is, we're at minute eighty-five of the podcast. <laughs> is I'm just crying. Then my dad dies, <laughs> and I go into a real funk. <laughs> um, and then I moved to L.A. And I get soft after I quit rugby because I can't do it contractually with some MTV jobs I have. Uh, they don't want to pay the insurance in case something uh. happens to me. I moved to LA and I just get soft. And now this, I've been in LA for three years, and I'm 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 the heaviest I've ever been. No powerlifting. I, no power. Did you stop? Did you keep powerlifting until you moved? I kept powerlifting. Uh, I, I probably stopped about six months to a nine, six to nine months before I. Moved. I entered in my first meet. I enjoyed it. Now, did you put on weight? 
as you were powerlifting? I I didn't put on weight, but I stayed around the same weight. Uh-huh. But I felt good about. It. I was like yeah. two seventy five, and I felt okay about myself because you were strong. Because I was strong and yeah. I was thick. And what, if I took off my shirt, I had a gut and some titties, but I had a shoulder. Right. I had shoulders and a and neck. And if you to- watch some of these Olympic lifters who squat, who do snatches and stuff. They're big dudes. They're going around a giant belly. I don't know <laughs> yeah, how yeah. half these dudes uh, snatch around to, the size of their bellies. And yeah. how quick they are. I mean, they are agile for a big guy. Yeah. Some agility for a big man. <laughs> <laughs> big man's got agility. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things where I was I was cool with it. You know, yeah. and, I, and I was doing, uh, you know, the prowler and sled pulls. I was doing some cardio and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then that fell off. And then I moved. Then I was uh, n- never been really happy with the gym out here. And now I'm at like... 305 uh-huh. I I get to the gym you know once a week and I yeah. hit some of my big lifts like this you know not even pushing it just 5 by 5 and I I'm, I need something I, yeah. I I I feel like I want to like Chris Pratt myself which is what I've been calling it lately uh-huh. Operation Chris Pratt myself which is where I either become so jacked that I'm like or I just book a NBC sitcom and I don't care if I <laughs> right, right, right. but I I've, I've, I think I've gotten to a point where I, I really have to do something and and talking about hanging from a ledge like Tiff and I were watching some movie and like people were like running away from a disaster and I was yeah. like I think I would die <laughs> and I'm like shit should I just I don't want to be the guy that just dies because it can't <laughs> run. And adrenaline will push you a certain amount, but then right, your right, heart's right. going to catch right, up to right, you. Yeah. Yeah. Adrenaline is also going to be the thing that kills me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> between that and I'm just the and I, I don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. I I just I know I can't do half the shit like. Going to play frisbee with my friends, I'm like, I'm gassed way earlier than I ever would be. Yeah. And now I just went to a wedding uh, with a, of a rugby guys uh, last weekend, and they were talking about maybe going to Columbia for a match in January, and I was like, I went to Cayman Islands like a couple of years after I stopped playing rugby and played in one game and, and, and worked out kind of hard for it for six months leading yeah. up to it, and I felt okay about myself. But this year, I'm like, I have till January. It's July now. That's like six months. It is. I can actually get in shape and say something. I can get in enough shape to play where I don't hate the fact that I'm playing. You right. know what I mean? Because it's hard to do something. You know, if you got completely out of shape and then tried to go do CrossFit again, it would be weirdly doubly indemning because you'd be like going to do pull-ups and can't do it. And you're like, fuck, why am I? I'm at that point now where I'm like, I don't even want to. I'm depressed about starting at 225 on the squat. You know what I mean? Right, I'm depressed right, right, about, right. you know, I, I, I'm depressed. Because you know of where you were. Right, and it's yeah. like it's going to take me so long to even get there. Yes, but I think I need like I need to get over that, and yeah. so I I, I want to just get some motivation, get some advice from you here. The the thing that I've been thinking about the most is I think I've put so much credence, on, and I know I'm talking to a CrossFit instructor here when I say this. Yeah. I put so much credence on the gym that I've like forgot. Like I'm like, oh, I don't have time to get to the gym today. I guess I'm not working out. Right. Whereas if I woke up a half hour earlier, I could run or I could do push-ups or I could foam roll and then just take the dog on a super long walk. And right. I'm not and I and I'm like if I don't have a 2-hour uninterrupted block where I don't have anything to do and I find myself putting more and more shit in front of what I'm like, oh, I have an audition tomorrow. I should probably run lines instead of going to the gym. And then I don't run lines. Either. Right. 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 <laughs> Because so uh, the computer has something on it, or there's like DVR that's right. It's a, I, up. I can yeah. come up with almost any excuse, and yeah. I think part of it is my my overuse of uh, marijuana okay. limits my motivation. I think because it's just easy, it's just more fun to smoke weed than it is to go lift weights. Yeah, 
right now in your in your mental state it is but overall as much as you talk about lifting weights and and um uh working out and how much you enjoy it even in the in us in this conversation uh, it's the excuse of it seems like more fun but it seems like you have more fun working out. I mean, right. You could definitely do both. Yes. And I did do both for a while and I loved it. Yeah. And I think exactly. Exa- and I also know that I just need to do 21 days of something. It's the crazy- And snap back yeah. the other direction. It's that mentality that you have of like, like, you know, that after you hit a PR on something, your personal record on a, on a deadlift, on a back squat, or even if you do, you probably haven't done Metcons because you know those numbers aren't as good as your uh, your heavy numbers. Right, right. So uh, at the time when you started giving up on the Metcons is probably when uh, you felt like um, people are going to start seeing you as more of a powerlifter, so you might as well go into the powerlifter. Right, thing, right, right. Rather than turning yourself into a Metcon guy. Right. Um, so, uh, or like, uh, you know, um, instead of an agile big guy, just an agile guy. Yeah. And there was like kind of that switch. That's like that Chris Pratt switch. It's like, right. you're either going to be a big, uh, power lifter or an agile or like a, just a normal looking agile. Guy. Right. Right. And I don't, and I don't even need to be as ripped as Chris Pratt is now. I mean, of course I would, lo- I would love to do that. Sure. But I, like, I talked about this a little bit on my first episode with Jake and Amir is that I used to like think I needed to be the big guy because that's my type for yeah. comedy. But I could also, I was telling these guys, I could lose 50 pounds and still be the fat guy. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> and, 50, and, and be wildly healthier at yes. 50 pounds later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, even though we were joking around about Zach Galifianakis, he's always going to be... And he just recently lost a bunch of he weight. He lost a bunch of weight. But, but here's the thing about comedians. People think we look weird. No matter what. Right. So it's like, you're, it doesn't matter if you're fat or skinny. Right. You're going to be the weird looking. You're not like, if you look at the fucking stars of shit, they are unbelievably gorgeous. People. Right, right. There is a fundamental difference it between doesn't the two. Matter. Yeah, yeah, I could yeah. be in the best. I, I like. And I'll never be slim. I just can't size. Like, yeah. at 205, I. I don't like that. I would. Could I, Could you imagine me losing one hundred pounds? A hundred pounds would be crazy. I, I don't even want to. I you could even... do it. You'd look like one of those guys who. I'd have a your lot head, of loose skin. Too, your head would be too yeah. big too. <laughs> yeah, I your think my shoulders are pretty broad to match my head. Yeah, but it would look weird if I lost one hundred <laughs> pounds. I'd be like, I'd have a lot of fucking tan skin dangling. Yeah, because I can't tone it, tan it. That's my move right now. That's yeah, what I've been doing. <laughs> you can't tone it, tan it is a great. Yeah, I mean, I had the same. Like uh, my manager and all, and I remember people being like, "Ah, you're you're cutting down weight and stuff." I don't know how smart it is, right? Because you were because you have like the I'm the goofy uh, Asian sidekick yeah, cut character. I was also like I was never big enough to be the big guy, but I was never small enough to just be the normal guy, right? And then I was also like, and I'm also ethnically diverse, and I'm not the black guy. And I'm ethnically not the, challenged, like, we call it. Ethnically challenged, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here was, at the High and Mighty Studios. <laughs> I was agile for an eth- uh, ethnic guy. Ethnic agile guy? <laughs> the agility on this ethnic guy. <laughs> uh, what is he? Um, <laughs> you are the type of person that 
uh, Hollywood calls ethnic because they're afraid to guess. Yes. Right? They're mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. he's not black. He's not black. And he's maybe not Latino. And, and he's, he's, de- he's, he's not, not clearly Asian. Asian. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not clearly yeah, Asian. Yeah, he's like the round eye Asian. Yeah. This is complicated. Yeah, I don't know. He's got... Uh, we could stick him to Hawaiian, but there's not enough Hawaiian parts. So <laughs> let's just make him something else. Yeah, and for you, you've uh, you've added Hawaiian and Filipino and, you know... Yeah. American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've lived the American, but I've added the other ones. I've added the other ones for my acting ensemble. So so what I want to... Oh, so... Yeah. Um, so then the... Wait, so what do you want? So what 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 I what want to talk want? about is what 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 should I do here? Give like I'm thinking my current plan is get to the gym and do my lifts and some uh, kettlebell swings and metcons and chins yeah. when I can. But otherwise, start doing more shit, more hikes, more running. Yeah, like CrossFit made me so like aver- averse to like taking a three mile jog because it's like CrossFit is so much more efficient. But in reality. I could use a three mile job, right? Well. Like I, I, and, and, if, I think, and if I can get it, if I can get outside, get some uh, vitamin D, get yeah. the run in, get the dog on a long walk or whatever, I, I should be doing like all this shit. The big thing is, especially as we're getting older, you know, it's like you're not eighteen, you know, you're not twenty nine even <laughs> anymore. Uh, so it's like, listeners, he's just saying that because I just turned twenty six. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm in my Christ year, 33. He died then. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, and he uh, was running uh, from something, and he had a heart attack. Exa- oddly poignant. Chris Farley died when he was 33. My idol and possible, uh, you know, I- cultural my cultural icon and my yeah, idol. Yeah, I think so. he died at 33. He died at 33, and um, of and we're not, I'm not young anymore. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but you're saying you're not young anymore. Right. It's like, so it's like. Take take the uh, the exercise where you can get it and how you can get it, and I I also don't even feel like um, it has to necessarily be like one way or the other. I feel like if you hit the gym and hit your like hit your big lifts three days a week, like uh, you know, or two to three days a week, so that you feel that, but you do that long walk with your dog every day, right, or five days a week, and I mean. I don't I honestly don't see anything wrong me personally of like after that of like the of the smoking weed thing. Right. I don't, right. I as don't long, get as it. As long as you do that. Yeah. Like I I mean also like if you smoked weed and then went on a long hike I feel like you just don't realize how long of a hike you went on yeah. and that's pretty good. I do I the best exercise I've gotten in Recently, since I've become a little softer, has been getting stoned and then taking Arthur for a walk. I've disappeared for like 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be like sweating my ass off and be like, where am I? Beverly Glenn? What the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah. And I think it's just like it's that and then realizing that your treat to yourself food wise has to be minimized. Uh, and that's, I think, another place where I need to. I, yeah. I and I to- think that's a thing with age that we also have to like take in. To consideration because when you're 18 you, you can have that. a whole pizza you can, one night yeah. and then live and if live. i had a whole pizza now i'm fucked up till sunday <laughs> yeah. and by the way we're recording this on a sunday <laughs> i'm talking seven days and Paul. there's and there's three pizzas <laughs> yeah, and i have this three so, empty pizza boxes we will never and see i you. have i'm i need to lie down <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think it's just that thing of going like if i do all you know and you you schedule it it doesn't have to be crossfit scheduling of like the wad of the day but if you give yourself the week of going like, hey, couple of days of the week, I feel like I can treat myself if I make sure that I take Arthur out, right. you know, this many times. Uh, friend of the show, Ben Rogers, yeah. uh, says, 
he schedules the gym in his calendar. And if he has to move it, he has to move it. But he puts it in the calendar. So when he sees it, it's yeah. like, oh, that. Oh, actually, I can't meet up for coffee at that time. I'm supposed to be at the gym. Right. Which I think is something I, I something I, I need to learn to do as well. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll gladly put something else. Uh, here's another psychological element to it, I think. I think it's because I can't do a program where I write out four days a week and hit it for two hours where it's like squat, press, chins, Metcon, and then Tuesday's like uh, weighted dips and yeah. deadlift, and I can't do like this awesome like strength and conditioning plan. I think because I can't do that, I'm like, oh, then I might as well do nothing. Yeah. And I think right now, and I've been dealing with this, and that's why I brought you on, is like, I think I need to come back somewhere in the middle and be like, oh, luckily I got uh, two hours at the gym today, or luckily I got an hour at the gym, but also yesterday I went to the beach and went on a long walk, or I swam for right. a while, or and I you had have a... To, you have to start counting those, but then you also have to, like, I um, I was never a morning person, and then I made CrossFit make me a morning person. I think, honestly, and I'm afraid to say, I think that's where I, I think I need to just... I'm always like, if I have something at 11.30 in the morning... yeah. It's the first thing I do. Yeah. And it's like, I could get up at 8.30 and have three hours. And even just to write or make breakfast or clean, you know, do laundry. Yeah. If I if I have to be somewhere at noon, I'm just like, okay, that's the first thing I do. Yeah. And I, and that's wrong. Well, I mean, but <laughs> like, well, eventually I'm going to have a child and that child is not going to be like, all right, I'll wait till noon to eat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he might. It depends <laughs> on what kind of kid it is. But also we're not, we're not doing as many shows at midnight every week. Right, right. Like we used to. Like when we were in New York, we'd have shows at 11, and then we'd have shows at 12. <laughs> yeah. And that was like three days a week. And then we had to go McManus and all of that stuff. And it's like now, like there was a while where I'm sure you get home at a decent hour. And then i just stay up doing something stupid. You just stay up. Or doing... sleep in because I can. Right. So it's like if more of those days... You can just go to sleep earlier so that you know you're going to get up tomorrow and work out. What time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, I wake up uh, – well, n- th- since I just got back, I got I woke up today at like 9.30. Okay. But usually uh, I do that workout uh, when, when you're when you're, f- when you're flowing, what time do you wake up and what time is your CrossFit workout? In the morning? Uh, about, I wake up about 6.30 or 7. <sighs> and then uh, I um, – do the workouts for the UCB people at 7.30, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then I work out at 9. Like, Trish and I will, I'll get up. She has to leave at work by 9.30, so then we'll have coffee together. And then um, and then at, like, 9.30, I'll go to the gym, stretch, and then work out at, a lot, at 10. Wow. And then on the other days... 7, thir- 7 6.30 in the morning is early. Yeah. And what then- time do you go to bed? Um, it depends. Midnight, maybe even a little bit earlier, depending on. Yeah. I've I've tried to do the grown up thing too, where if I start feeling sleepy on the couch, I go right to bed rather than. That's what I'm I'm trying to break yeah. that habit too of just like look, I'm I'm just trying to break the one more episode habit. Yes, like yeah. it'll be there tomorrow. Like, what do I need to like? I finished Freaks and Geeks for the second time <laughs> last night. Like, why do I need to finish it last night? It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm stoned on the couch, and I'm tired. And I'm like, one more app, you know? And I'm yeah. like, just go to bed. And I had to wake up. I had an 8 a.m. call time this morning. I could have just went to bed earlier and been. I feel How better. How was that 8 a.m. call time for you? What, it's, was it right? I can get up. I can I can really get up. With coffee in my house, I can yes. get up. Right. And I think, I think, and I'm afraid to, maybe I just needed you on to reinforce this. And yeah. maybe I need the podcast listeners so I can say this. I think the thing is, I think I need to start waking up earlier. I think you have to wake up. Do you walk? Do you walk Arthur first thing in the morning? Yeah, I'm saying I can make that into a 45 minute workout. Every or morning. you can just make it where if you're already up with Arthur and you're already walking that early, 
Because the good thing about having a dog, too, is like they fall into a schedule. Right. And they love that schedule. Well, here's the thing. My dog, my dog will not get out of bed till 11 if I don't. Right. He'll do whatever I do. But if you, get, if you start walking him regularly at a certain time, then he expects that to be the normal thing. Right. So then he'll start getting up, assuming you're getting up at that time. I don't even too. need to be up at 6.30. I, if I just get up at 8. If I, eight worked out, if I worked out at 9 in the morning every day... That's so reasonable. Yes. That's so, like, there are people who have to be at their jobs at 7, and I'm like, I don't even know if I can get to the gym, a, a recreational activity, by 9. Yeah. I should be able to do that. Also, there's, um, uh, it's the next week mentality uh, that uh, happens when uh, to a lot of us, which is like, okay, I'm going to start something new on Monday. If you don't do it on Monday, you wait till the next week. Right, like, I'm, I bail, I didn't go today. Right. So, then so now I'm like, I'll just go next Monday. Next I'll just, this Monday. week's a yeah. whole wash. No, yeah. no, yeah. And it's also, in our careers, you're saying like, oh, this week's crazy. Next week will be easier. And then by, by the Monday, that week is crazy. That week is yeah, crazy. Yeah. And also, you're filling it up so you don't have to do that thing anyway. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's just so easier. it's like, oh, there's time tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Right. I, and I, you know what? Uh, we're running out of time now, Eugene. So um, I feel like what we should do uh-huh. is, if you have any plugs or shout outs you want to do, we could do that. But first, I just want to say, we're going to have Eugene back on in a few weeks to mark my progress, but also to answer, we want to answer your guys' fitness questions. I talked yeah. to Eugene about this in advance. He thought it would be fun. Maybe we can recur with him and answer your fitness questions. So if you have any fitness questions, send them to highandmightypodcast at gabrus.com mm-hmm. or tweet them at me and Eugene and we will answer them on the next episode yeah. that we do together. And I'll also, I guess now I'm, I guess podcasts are super personal. So I guess I'm going to let these fucking whatever shitheads are listening to this into my world and keep them uh, abreast of my, maybe having some people to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Accountable. accountable. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have to be accountable to my audience. And that, that'll help me pretend I have an audience, too. Yeah. <laughs> also, whatever questions you have fitness-wise, I don't think they can be too stupid. I think people get really scared that like the thing they say is like, can I really uh, drink you know, soda all yeah. the time? It's like, if you want to ask that question, ask it. Yeah, ask whatever question you want. Yeah, this isn't Joe DeFranco's pocket. This isn't Kelly Starrett. We're not yeah. high-level strength and conditioning coaches. I'm not even anything. <laughs> so ask the dumbest ask the dumbest questions you want. Ask the layman's questions. And uh, if you are not a, a, a fitness nut, this we're the, we're the people to ask. Yes. We can help you. Mm-hmm. So, Eugene, anything you want to plug? Other spaces on Yahoo. Other spaces on Yahoo screen. You can watch it there. You can watch it on your Xbox, people, if you're trying to figure out how to watch it. Yeah. You can get it. You can get Yahoo screen on your as an a- app on your Xbox. Xbox, Roku, Apple TV, all that stuff. I guess I'm just old and cro- like people know how to watch streaming. Well, hey, <laughs> and I'm like, you I can mean, get it on your computer and your video games. We've been getting a lot of people going like, oh, I just found this out. <laughs> yeah, you're and like, it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yahoo, this is your job. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not... Uh, uh, bite on, the hand that feeds you, because yeah. we know Yahoo execs listen to this podcast. But it's on uh, Yahoo, uh, this uh, podcast on Yahoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, nothing else really to plug. Maybe we'll plug something else in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you back on. So what's your Twitter? Uh, huge Cordero. So uh, huge e- is E-U-G-C-O-R-D-E-R-O. And I'm at John Gabris, no H in either of those. Tweet us your fitness questions. Email us your fitness questions to yes. uh, high and mighty podcast at gabris.com. Eugene, thank you for taking yeah, the buddy. time. Uh, I'm going to try to bang out some push-ups before I start smoking weed today. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys.
Chat with a Headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>